Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Chuck Powell Show on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. Welcome back to the Chuck Powell Show. Tony softly filling in today and Friday. But let me just tell you this. Fantasy football, who would you start? Who should start? Get your lineup decisions in. Text us at 49451, and I'll do my best to answer that question for you. I'm not a fantasy football guy. I, I tried it one year right out of when I was out of the league in 2010. And, I mean, there's, I'm flying on airplanes as a sideline reporter for the Rams, and I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to put on in this. And that was on a Saturday to come to find out that that team was actually playing a team on Saturday while I'm in the air. So, I mean, that week was blown and just crushed <laughs> me for the rest. You, you a fantasy football guy? You play that, Jackson? I do, heavily. How many leagues are you in? Uh, three leagues, oh two that God. I actually care about, and I'm 8-1 and one in both of them this year. So There you go. Fantasy football, who should start? Lineup decisions, Texas, 49451. We'll do that at 1145. But right now joining me is a good friend of mine, Andrew Brandt of ESPN, Monday morning quarter, uh, quarterback columnist. Andrew, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well after the big news on election night. And, yeah, how about that? We tend to be covering another election that happened in San Diego. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to bring that up. And, uh, you know, if you guys uh, haven't followed uh, Andrew, make sure that uh, you check out uh, Monday Morning Quarterback, mmqb.si.com. He's got a hell of a uh, article up right now talking about the Chargers fail stadium vote. Uh, you know, wh- what next? Where do they go? Yeah, that's the ultimate question, Tony. What we've had is uh, still having rever- reverberations from January of this past year, where, as everyone knows, the Rams got the keys to the second largest market in L.A., so they're set. The Raiders, frustrated with their options in Oakland, have been wooing and being wooed by Las Vegas. That seems on its way. And here we are, San Diego, the one team, the one ownership that really tried to be loyal, tried to make it work there, tried and tried and tried. And the good news is they got something on the ballot last night. The bad news is it required 66.7%, a really high threshold. Mm -hmm. But that's what it takes in California for a tax hike. And, of course, they lost. Uh, I think the options are... Back to the drawing board with San Diego, realizing they need more of a commitment from the city to get this convadium, convention center and stadium, try to get the NFL to kick in more, try to get their their own ownership to kick in more if they can. That's one option in San Diego. The other option is kind of a Band-Aid approach, you know, get Qualcomm Stadium upgraded a bit or as much as they can with some improvements, some upgrades. But the other option, of course, is joining the Rams in L.A. That's been an option since January. They haven't embraced it because they were trying to get something done with San Diego. And, Tony, I don't know if they will embrace it. I think there are obviously pros to doing that, yes. which involve franchise value, obviously, being ancillary revenue from the second market. But they're cons because the Rams are there first. The Rams are building their stadium. The Rams are designing their stadium. They would be kind of the ugly stepsister 
at least for the short term. Uh, maybe in the long term it wouldn't matter, but there's some cons to going up there as well. Now, how do the Jets and the Giants, they share a stadium up there. How does that work for them? I mean, uh, they seem to have pretty much no issues, uh, I, you know, from the outside looking in. No, and that's been obviously the league does all the scheduling, and they take care of that when they care, care when one's on the road, one's at home, one's on a Monday night, one's on a Sunday, whatever it is, that's not an issue. And I think the financial deal would be okay. It's not Spanos negotiating with Kroenke. It's Spanos and Kroenke already negotiated this through the NFL when this decision was made. But again, they're trying to exhaust every effort in San Diego. Will they go to L.A.? Ah, I think it's about 50-50 right now. You know, the Raiders to Las Vegas, uh, the last time I was in uh, Oakland Stadium, it was looked like it was falling down, and that was about 10 years ago. I can't even imagine <laughs> it now. What You know, are they headed to Vegas? Uh, they had a chance to share a stadium uh, with uh, the 49ers, and they turned that down. Yeah, I don't think either side wanted that. <laughs> no. Again, it's, it's hard to know what the real reasons are, but a lot of it comes down to personality. And, and, he, and back to San Diego, I don't think Spanos and Kroenke like each other. So that's a problem. Yes, that is. Oakland is a, is a more even more substandard, as you mentioned, than San Diego, and Mark Davis has been looking for a way out. Uh, where we stand, he's got a stadium deal from the Nevada side with Las Vegas. Uh, there's some issues with ownership. Sheldon Adelson, the magnate, casino magnate that's part of this group, wants some equity in the Raiders, and that's a problem. And then, of course, their gambling issue, the NFL's got to face that. So don't count on moving vans anytime soon, but uh, the Raiders to Vegas is real. It's just going to take a while. You said the gambling issue. Now, they, they're in with, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, with some fantasy football uh, organizations. Uh, is, is that – do they not count that? I know they also have lotteries that they, they sell and promote. Is that not a form of gambling as well? Well, that's a great question. You know, we have – Seen so many, not as much this year, but FanDuel and DraftKings advertising, sponsorships. Yes. The NFL has always said, well, you know, fantasy's okay because you're not betting on the outcome of the games. You're just betting on players. And, you know, it's a slippery slope. But, listen, there's no one saying to Mark Davis, no way, no how, can you go to Vegas? So, you know, that attitude has really evolved about gambling and public integrity because it looks like that's not the major concern about Las Vegas. It's more the market and dealing with Adelson on ownership issues. So it looks like they're crossing the Rubicon on this gambling issue. You know, the Raiders on the field, Jack Del Rio and, and Reggie, the general manager, yeah. does it surprise you a little bit, uh, the success that they're having right now, you know, so suddenly? Yeah, I'm biased. As you know, working with Reggie McKenzie for 10 years in Green Bay, one of the closest guys I worked with, uh, basically he told me we need this guy signed. I got him signed. We worked together on a ton of guys. Um, He's a very patient guy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's hard in this day and age of uh, immediate results. But I wrote about this, talked about this two, three years ago, and I just said give him time. You know, Reggie builds, as anyone who follows the Raiders can see, he builds from the ground out. He he likes the trenches. He talks about getting these big jokers, you know, on the, on both lines. And then of course he's got some fancy sexy pieces with the quarterback and the receiver and the runner. So we'll see what happens, but uh, they're well positioned now going into the second half. You're listening to our guest uh, Andrew Branch. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Branch. You can also read his columns 
on Monday Morning Quarterback at mmqb.si.com. You know, Drew Brees has said it. uh, uh, Sherman has said it. There's been a lot of uh, players uh, the last uh, couple years and the last couple months that have said it. The NFL is a no-fun league. How do they get this back rolling? How do they get this so that uh, the public sees this as as something that uh, they want to tune into? Is, is there too much football during the week? I guess that's my question. Well, I think you're bringing up two issues. One is kind of a trust factor with commissioner and players versus owners, and the other is the ratings and popularity. I think on the and they're related. I think on the trust factor, you know. He, Sometimes too much is made of it. I mean, I was on the other side, and naturally, when I was negotiating against players, they didn't like it that I didn't give them the money they wanted. That's sort of natural. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Goodell has not helped himself uh, with some of the things he said that have appeared to be not sensitive to player concerns. You know, I always say this, Goodell's the punching bag, so the owners don't have to be. Um, He doesn't do anything without owner direction, and sometimes the players put it all on him because he's the convenient target, and he takes it. It's part of his job description. You know, the ratings, Tony, I think we're we're about to see, because I always said, let's just just hold off till after the election. So from today on, I want to see the sample size compared to what the first half of the season and you know if it if here's my expectation the numbers will come up from what they've been before the election but they won't come up to the 2015 levels so somewhere in between if the ratings are off 20% now maybe they go to 10% off but um it's something to examine you know 2015 were record levels but, you know, what is it? I don't know what it is. It's, you know, because the concussion, the officiating, the level of play, I don't think it's different than last year. I don't think anything of those things are different. Maybe it's this election. Maybe it's this malaise about, you know, Goodell and this this anger or public resentment about some of the things he's done. I don't know what it is, but uh, we'll find out. You know, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, said, you know, NBA or excuse me, NFL, be careful. You, you know, you're oversaturating the market. Is there such thing with the National Football League? Uh, you know, supposedly the quote quote the best uh, sports uh, on the planet. There hasn't been. Yeah. But will there be? I mean, you do make you do see the argument of Thursday, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night. Oh yeah. Uh, but that hasn't been a problem. Yeah. I I don't know what it is this year because it hasn't been a problem. Uh, you know, concussions. The the movie came out last year with Will Smith, and ratings went up. So I, I just don't know. Uh, you know, it's got me scratching my head, too. NFL International, they're in Mexico uh, here uh, next weekend, I do believe, or the weekend after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been in England. They're headed to China. Is Can we see more of this, or is this just, uh, just spot duty by the NFL? No, we'll definitely see more. I mean, this is the big deal for the NFL because they're – their other league they're competing with, NBA, is way ahead yes. on international, and that's probably mostly a function of the game. It hasn't sold well. I was in Barcelona. I know it's tough to sell American football overseas, but they'll keep trying. You know, London games are all selling out. I think we'll continue to see three, four, maybe five London games in a couple of years, and then uh, they'll They'll stop in Mexico. I'm sure that'll be a sellout and see how they can build that. But, you know, only so many revenues here in this country. they gotta, they got to branch out. Uh, developmental League. 
do you think they should uh, bring that back? World League of American Football was was very popular over there. Also helped develop players. Kurt Warner came out of there. Few, uh, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, so they've had some key players that they developed in developmental league. When is the NFL going to buy into that and not use the uh, college structure as their uh, their grounds for developing players? Well, it's too easy right now because <laughs> it's cheap. college structure is easy. You don't pay anything. Exactly. I think developmental, you know, can work. I, I've I heard Troy Vincent talk about that a couple of years ago, and nothing's moved on it. You know, being involved with World League, I always knew that. Um, you know, the league supported us, but they really didn't know. You know, guys came back and they were worn out for training camp from being overseas and playing. You know, would you have developmental league in the spring or would you have it during the NFL season, more like a farm league? You bring guys up and down. Um, the thing I've heard is like sometime in the winter, spring, you have it with, a, you know, in two locations, whether it's Florida or Texas or Arizona and you have a, a number of teams playing in those locations. I think it can work. Uh, you know, the NFL always tries to go big, but I think this is something they should do on a small-scale level, see how it works. There you go. Uh, one last question for you before I get you out of here, man. I appreciate you joining us. Again, we're, our guest joining us right now is Andrew Brandt. You can uh, follow him on Twitter at uh, Andrew Brandt. The officiating. Uh, 2012, correct me if I'm wrong, the refs were locked out by the league. The NFL wanted to uh, make them full-time, and they said no. Am I off base, or or was that correct? You're exactly right. At 2012 lockout, people remember, especially in Seattle, the replacements. Yes. Because that's the game that was the tipping point for change when uh, they beat the Packers. But um, refs don't want full-time because they want to keep their jobs, which are really their primary jobs, their lawyers, their doctors, their judges, their pharmaceutical reps, uh, and they work in the NFL 20 weekends a year. Now, to be fair, if the NFL offered full-time pay, like NBA and MLB umps, Mm -hmm. they'd probably have no problem being full-time. It's a tough one. You may know better than I do. I mean, what are these guys going to (laughs) do? You know what? You know, I guess they can get fitter and they can get sharper, but at the end of the day, how much would that really help? Yeah, and that was my, my next question is uh, full-time officials. I mean, does it improve the game? I say no. I mean, they're still going to make the same call if you're paying them yeah. more money or whatever. It's still, uh, you know, and I don't know, you know, at some point, and you hate to bring age into this, but I see a lot of the officials that can't run down the football field, and now you, you got guys that are bigger, stronger, faster. You got receivers that are running four four out there. They've changed the positioning of officials on the field so they can compensate for that. But I just think that uh, you know, going younger. Where how do they recruit younger officials uh, into the National Football League? RA. Yeah, and you know what I think? I really think the problem is human error. We understand they're humans. But my problem is what about fixing human error by making it less human? Why don't we have more technology? Mm -hmm. I mean, what has has happened in the last 25 years in officiating with technology? You still have two guys with sticks doing first downs. (laughs) You know, I mean, we have the first down marker on TV. Can't we do that? You know, like tennis with the ball placement, I, 
I don't get why, with all these billions of revenues, we don't have better technology to make the game better. Well, they've added cameras uh, in the uh, pylons so that you can actually see a guy cross it. Uh, you, you're talking about technology putting a chip in the football so it breaks yeah. the plane of the I fo- mean, you know. yeah, we can see it, but we still go to replay and we still don't get it right. I mean, it's like yeah, we got to fix it. Uh, and uh, again, they're humans, so there's going to be imperfect, and we see it every week. One last question, I promise. Uh, the uh, officials that are sitting up in New York watching these games, criticizing the officials that are making the calls uh, on the field, is it? Do, do you think that is good protocol moving forward? Not a good look. Yeah. You know, I thought that Dean Blandino could talk to these guys, but it turns out he can't. And now not only can he, but he's criticizing them. So yeah, that's not a good look. No, I mean, especially now we have Mike Pereira for Fox who's kind of doing the same thing and saying how wrong these guys are. So it's not a good look. They've got to get that together. Andrew Brandt, I appreciate you joining me, buddy. Enjoyed it, Tony. Thanks. Thank you, man. Andrew Brandt, you can follow him on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt, and also read his columns. I mean, he's he's a hell of a writer as well. This guy is super smart. Uh, uh, he's done a lot of stuff, in, like you mentioned, uh, working with Green Bay. I met him when I was at Carolina as a college director. But you can also read a lot of his stuff at uh, mmqb.si.com. Uh, you know, I should ask you, Jackson, is there anything that you wanted to, to, to throw at uh, Andrew? I mean, the officiating was the big one because we here in Seattle, and, and I talked with Chuck about this, and, you know, he's a GM. Chuck Chuck, Chuck doesn't come through this uh, like, like the fan like I do and like many people that we're talking to do, right? So the way we see it as a Seattle Seahawks fan, and maybe you feel about this too, is we see the game against the Bills and the game against the Falcons, which the Seahawks won, and officiating was a big part of that. Obviously, Julio Jones, the P.I. at the end of the game, and Mm -hmm. the Bills, the halftime, which was just a field goal, by the way. It wasn't like a game-clinching touchdown, right? right? right. It wasn't like a golden tape play. It was just a field goal. We see those plastered all over the national media and on sports that are saying, look at this, the Seahawks got away with a win. And I, I hear shows like PTI and Around the Horn ask, did the Seahawks get an unfair win? So we see that side. And then we have the game versus the New Orleans Saints where the Seahawks lose because of a terrible holding call on Deshaun Shedd and two clear pick plays. Yes. And what does the national media like Sports Center do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, they didn't so say anything. How are we supposed to take this as a Seattle sports fan where we're watching our team, you yeah, know, they got a cheap win. We're made to look like the bad guys. And then games where we lose and that we should have won because of officiating, they don't even talk about it. Yeah, the losses, you, you, you got to you, you take it with a grain of salt, but the wins? You walk away smiling because you got that W. Right. And, and, and so that's that's really the bottom line. Hey, there, there's only one statistic that counts, and it's in that W or that L column. As long as you got that W, baby, yeah. you know, you're, you're good to go. Uh, you know, Seattle, is, is, is they're up here in the Northwest. Uh, they, they get a little bit of a knock, I know, because yeah. uh, I've worked with two other teams, one on the East Coast and, and one in the Midwest. So, um, But you know what? When, when you're good and, and you've won the division – uh, several years, and you're climbing back up to be the division champs this year. You've been to uh, several Super Bowls in the last four years, two to be exact, uh, and NFC uh, champions. Listen, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of people that are that are throwing stones at you, but that's okay. That's okay because they're, they're, they're listening. They're watching. They know who you are. Oh, are you telling us to ignore the noise? Are you yeah, going all Russell Wilson noise. on us? <laughs> ignore the noise. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to give you a Russell Wilson, right? <laughs> yeah, just just ignore it, man, because it you know what? It's so old. Yeah, it does get old. But you know what? It's it, and the, the people over there at that VMAC and those, and those walls over there, they could care less, and they're not mm-hmm. listening. 
They're, I mean, you know, because right now, like I said earlier, they're licking their wounds trying to stay alive in this race, trying to trying to push through the 16-week uh, schedule. Uh, and they could care less. They know nobody's coming to their rescue, and nobody's going to help them out. Nope. So it's all about those guys over there, and they could care less about what the media says. And, and you know what? The 12s, you can be upset about it, but really, it's the Ws. Okay, five, two, and one. That's yeah. where they're at. Five, two, and one. It was funny that we we took so many texts yesterday during the. We always do reaction from fans. We have t- calls at ten thirty. We take texts throughout the show, and it felt like the fan base that we were hearing from yesterday. It, it hurt. It sounded like a fan base of a team that just lost a game. Yeah, because we were concerned about you know who was at fault for the whole Sherman blocked kick thing. It felt it felt like people were complaining about a loss that should have been a win rather than a win that maybe should have been a loss considering the fact that, I don't know, Bills tie it up there at the end if they get an extra three points. Who knows what happens? Yeah, I mean, it's like somebody talking about your kids. That's how the 12s view the Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Totally. Talk about my family. <laughs> don't be. Uh-uh. Don't even go there, man. Exactly. And, that, and you know what? That's good fan pride. And I like that. Coming up next is my man Bucky Brooks from NFL Network. We're going to go over a little bit of college. We're going to go over a little bit of pros. You don't want to miss this. Seahawks, Huskies, Cougars. We're going to talk it all. Next with Bucky Brooks. You're listening to Sports Radio 950. KJR. The Chuck Powell Show on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining Sports Talk. Welcome back to the Chuck Powell Show. Tony Softly filling in again today and Friday. So make sure you tune in 10 to noon. I'll be rocking it. 10 at 1145 Fantasy Football. Who should start? Get your lineup decisions in. Text us at 49451 and we'll talk about it. But joining me right now is a good friend of mine. We work together in the National Football League. He has gone on and done some great things at NFL Network and NFL.com. My man, Bucky Brooks. Bucky, how you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, Tony? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you joining me today. Um, I got a list of questions for you, so let's just get this thing rolling. Uh, <laughs> Seattle versus the Buffalo Bills. We keep chiming in on that, man. But uh, I got to go back and ask you, Sherman versus Rex Ryans, they had a moment there on Sunday, or excuse me, Monday. Did you did you get a chance to catch that? I did get a chance to catch it. Um, you know, here's the thing. I think when you're dealing with a gladiator in the Coliseum, they go to a different place. Yes. And I think particularly when you're dealing with a defender, you know, they go to a dark place. And they're not necessarily <laughs> uh, friendly or gracious or the like. And I think with Richard Sherman has been demonstrated repeatedly that he is a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's an edgy player. And he doesn't mind mixing it up. And Rex Ryan coaches the game like that. So what you saw was um, an incident between two guys who were kind of hyped up and amped up in the middle of a game, and sometimes you're going to get that. I think when cooler heads prevail, there's enough respect for one another, but in the heat of the moment, you're absolutely going to have those kind of interactions when you have two very, very competitive people on the field. You know, everybody's talking about full-time officials. Do you think full-time officials would have still made the same blunder they did uh, on Monday right before the half? No, I mean, I, I really think officials are in a tough spot. They have a lot of things that they're trying to manage and mitigate at one time. And I really just think they blew the call. And 
if the league would just come out and say, look, they messed up the call, they yes. didn't do what they were supposed to do, I think we can kind of move past it. Um, Richard Sherman jumping offside, then he proceeded to uh, bump into Dan Carpenter, then they had the delay a game coming. It was just a series of errors. And it's magnified because it was in a primetime game and everyone had an opportunity to see it. Yeah, just just stop a minute, take a deep breath. Okay, let's get this right. Let's go to replay, figure out where the ball was, what's going on, make the correct calls, and then move forward. And, and they just, it was just one thing after another after another, and they just couldn't get out. I, I think you're right. The league office needs to just acknowledge that there was an, an issue. And, and I think uh, – uh, you know, who was a Dean, Dean? He said there was an issue. These guys were wrong. They should have made this call. I asked Andrew Brown earlier on the show, do you think that the, the league should be talking down about the officials right as the play actually happens? You know, I, I wonder about that because I, I wonder if they would communicate and try and like, hey, hey guys, this is how we need to set this off um, because they talk about the control center. Um, not necessarily familiar with how the protocol works, but you would like to see a time where you could get a call right, especially one that was as egregious as that one, because ultimately it changed the terms of the game. Uh, that field goal, if made, uh, puts them within three, one and a half. And who knows how you play from a tactical standpoint the rest of the game. You just don't like to see the officials play a hand or a role in how the game is ultimately decided. No, I totally agree with you. NFL playoffs, we still got a lot of, lot of football to be played, but as you start to see – the NFL playoff picture starting to come forward. AFC, are the Patriots and the Raiders, are those uh, two top teams that are going to uh, buy for that uh, championship? You know, it's funny. I think the Patriots and the Raiders are certainly in the conversation. I don't think you can discount the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'll be slow to throw out the Denver Broncos. All of those teams in the AFC West are lumped together. Uh, the, Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs have been playing great football since their bye week. I just came over a stat. And the last four games since they're by, they haven't had a turnover. And so anyone who knows pro football knows that the turnover battle is the ultimate deciding factor. The fact that they're not giving the ball away makes them a tough team to beat because they don't give you extra chances. And if a lot of it winning football is if you don't beat yourself, you have a chance to win. They're not beating themselves. That's why they're always in a position to win games. NFC, let's take a look at that. Dallas, Falcons, Seattle, or is there somebody else you want to throw in that mix? No, I mean, I think those are the teams. I think, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys are sitting pretty. They've done a great job of getting back to the formula that made them successful. Ezekiel Elliott has been as good as advertised, running the ball between the tackles. That offensive line is playing great. And Dak Prescott has been a nice find for them. Even though they reluctantly picked him, they wanted other guys, he fell to them. He has come on and shown more maturity. He's shown better skills than many of us expected. And he's playing the game at a high level. When I watched him in college, I kind of compared him to um, a little like Steve McNair in terms of the way he played, a rugged playmaker that could get it done. It wouldn't always be pretty, but he would be a guy that consistently got you to the winner's circle based on how he did it at Mississippi State. And I think people are seeing a guy that plays much like Air McNair played in Tennessee and also in Baltimore. You're listening to the Chuck Powell Show. Joining us uh, right now is Bucky Brooks. You can follow him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. Let's talk about uh, Prescott versus Romo. Would you pull that trigger? Would you pull him off the field to put uh, Romo back when he's healthy? No, not the way that Dak is playing right now. Dak has been hot. If it was a series where Dak had three or four games in a row where he wasn't playing well, I don't pull him. I know chemistry is such a fragile thing that you don't want to mess with it. Um, I go back to 1997. I was playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Rich Gannon was the quarterback for us. I think we won six out of seven. 
we have the bye with the number one seed in the AFC. During the bye week, Marty elects to go back to the starter, Elvis Gerbach, and we didn't have the same rhythm and ump. Consequently, we lost. I think you have to ride the hot hand. You can say Tony Romo is our guy, but right now it's going really well. I would be reluctant to mess with the flow of this team because they're playing so well and they're sitting at the top of the NFC. You like the process of uh, college uh, playoff system, the way it's going right now? Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily in love with it. I would like to see more teams included. Um, I do like the fact that they have a playoff now. With four teams, I would like to see eight because if you have eight, you can bring all the conference winners in and maybe two at-large teams. Let those teams put it on the field and duke it out. I know people like, you know, you have the TV factor and all the other things, but if they can do it at the lower levels and have like a 16-team playoff, I'm sure that they can have a means on the mind and find a way to get eight teams on the field to play in kind of like a round-robin tournament to decide the ultimate winner. Huskies deserve to be at number four? Yeah, I mean, the Huskies are good. I mean, obviously you have an eye for talent. You know NFL talent. They have a talented team with a lot of guys that uh, NFL scouts are interested in. This weekend will provide them with a test so we can really see where they are because I think this SC team is better than their record indicates, particularly after they made the quarterback change. Yes. I believe Washington is real, but this could be a statement game for them on a national scope. People are believing that SC is kind of coming back. If Washington can handle them, then I think it says a lot about who they are and what they are. You know, the college playoff uh, committee said that Washington's strength of schedule was weak. Uh, I always warn people about adding, you know, Nebraska or Michigan in your first couple of games. Uh, would you hold that against Washington moving forward? I mean, right now it's all speculation. The only time the college playoff matters is when it's time to set the playoff. This is all speculation. What Washington needs to do is make sure they're playing their best ball down the stretch. They can't afford to have any hiccups. Unfortunately, the way this thing is set up, the teams that lose early actually benefit because they can get back and play. The teams that lose late, depending on how that loss looks and how many people see that loss, it really can wreck your chance to get into the playoffs. What do you think of Jake Brown and quarterback of Washington? I think he's a really good college player. I don't know about his NFL prospects. I think he does a great job of running the team, managing the game, getting the ball to their playmakers. When you look at UW, you see some talented, skilled players on the outside, particularly John Ross, who I think could be a number one pick based on everything that I've seen, speed, explosiveness, catching the ball. Jake Browning does a great job of getting the ball to him and Pettis and some of the other guys on the perimeter. As long as he takes care of the football, Washington is going to be hard to beat. You're listening to Bucky Brooks. You can follow him on at Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. Hey, uh, let's, uh, let's go to the other side of the mountain here. We've got to give the Cougars some due here. Uh, what about uh, the Washington State Cougars? Mike Leach have those guys playing uh, at a high level right now. He has them playing at a high level. But when I talk to scouts, everyone is buzzing about Luke Falk. And they don't know if he's going to come out, if he's going to stay another year. But what they're saying is he's different, or he has a chance to be different than all the other air raid quarterbacks that have played in that system. Not only does he have the arm and the talent to get the ball and do some of the things in the passing game, but he has been entrusted with more responsibility than most of those air raid quarterbacks. And the difference you see from their offense, Luke Falk is taking advantage of the running game and using it more than other quarterbacks have. He is making checks based on the coverage. He's attacking favorable front, handing the ball to the running back, and they're more balanced. And when you have a more balanced Washington State team, you have a more dangerous team, and he's taking advantage of all the things there, and he's playing well. A lot of people are buzzing about Luke Falk. It would be interesting to see how this plays out going down the stretch. Bucky Brooks, you're the man. I appreciate you joining me today, brother. 
Hey, thanks so much, Tony. I'm going to end up calling you offline because I need to figure out about Jimmy Graham versus Rob Gronkowski. Okay, let's do it. All right, talk to you. My man, Bucky Brooks, NFL Network, also NFL.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. Uh, He knows what he's talking about. He worked for me at Carolina, and uh, he played in the league. This guy is very, very sharp. Make sure you follow him uh, on Twitter. Coming up next, we're going to talk fantasy football. Who should start? Get your lineups in, 49451. You're listening to Tony Softly right here on Sports Radio 950. KJR. The Chuck Powell Show on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining Sports Talk. Tony Softly here. Filling in for Chuck Powell. That was kind of a slow intro, but you know, this is one of my favorite songs, man. Good. You guys, I wish I could show you this photo or this video of jackson oh no dancing <laughs> oh my god travis goodness, didn't dude. get that on Comcast. oh your wife must enjoy that uh, i i love funk music like it's one of my little guilty pleasures is to rock out to funk music yeah i think earth wind and fire is uh, universal to every nationality oh, on yeah. this planet um talk to me a little bit about fantasy football man who, right. who should start let's get these lineups going and if you haven't got yours in texas at 49451 what do you got jack so i'm currently up on chuck by a score of 24 to 12 in who should start in terms of line decision so basically wow. what we're you're gonna sp- do in other words you're spanking him i i am completely spanking him <laughs> yes like this is a demolition right now <laughs> now however that's chuck this is tony soft okay so, here we go so basically what we're gonna do is i'm gonna ask some questions so the first four we disagree on for each position mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Those are the ones we're going to be matched up head-to-head against. Okay. And then we'll just answer other ones. So here we go. First up, Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers who are facing Chicago or Tom Brady and the Patriots facing the Seahawks. Oh, man. So I'm supposed to pick one of the two of these guys. Who are you going to start, Jameis Winston or Tom Brady? Oh, man. Uh, obviously, i got to start Brady. You're starting. You're still starting Brady against the LOB? Yeah, I'm starting Brady against the LOB. Absolutely. Oh, I'm starting. Absolutely. I never start a quarterback against the Seahawks. Jameis Winston all the way in your lineups. Well, well, yeah, from a statistical standpoint, but the way Tom's playing right now, hmm. It's that this is a, is this a PPR league that you're? No, this is sta- we're all playing standard leagues. Here. Okay, standard, standard leagues okay. for everything. All right, all right. There's our first difference, Brady Winston. All right, next up here uh, from the four two five, Randall Cobb and the Packers, who are facing uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, Michael Thomas and the Saints. Uh, they are facing the Denver Broncos or Emmanuel Sanders and the Broncos, who I just, I just mentioned, are facing the Saints. I'm going to go uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, I I have to agree with you on that. The way he's playing right <laughs> hey, now, man, he's lights out right now. Do you see this this kind of production coming out of Ohio State for him? You know what? And he came out early as a junior. There was so many moving pieces there, so much per, uh, uh, players there as far as talent. It, it was all spread across the board. So you saw it in practice, and you saw the the elevation in games. I didn't think he would catch on this quick. Yeah, I mean, he's almost like a three- or four-year pro right now. I, and he's catching touchdowns. He caught one against the 49ers this last week where he basically caught it over a defender. Yeah, and talking, kid is just... yeah talking to some sources, his preparation is, is like a veteran. Wow. So he's, he's way ahead of schedule. Okay. Next up, Mike Walsh and the Ravens. Uh, he had a great week. They're facing Cleveland uh, or Emmanuel Sanders again with the Broncos. Um, I'm going to go Wallace. I will also go Wallace with playing Cleveland. Always bet on the team playing Cleveland. Uh, next up, Kenny Britt and the Rams facing the Jets or John Brown and the Cardinals facing the 49ers? Um, you know, I'm going to go Brown. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. I'll go Brown. I'm going Kenny Britt yeah, simply because he's had he had a great week last week, I think. Yeah, I think he caught a touchdown. And then also the Jets passing defense this year is not what it used to be. 
So yeah, but I'm they, at you, risk. you're at a risk there because they don't have a quarterback and get him the damn ball. I know, but he got him the damn damn ball this last week for a touchdown. Yeah, so did. I have my faith in Kenny Britt. Okay. All right, switching over to running backs now. With Garrett Blunt facing the Seahawks or Jonathan Stewart and the Panthers, who are facing? I had it right here. The KC. Oh, that's a good one. I'm yeah. going to go Stewart. I'm going to also go Stewart. Garrett yeah. Blunt. The Seahawks' run defense right now is killer. Uh, who should start here? This one we won't count if we divvy it up, but we'll still answer it. Corey Coleman, Browns facing uh, the Ravens, or Sammy Coach Steelers, uh, who are facing the Cowboys. I'm going to go Coleman. Okay, I'm, I would recommend Sammy Coates here because yeah. Pittsburgh is going to need to keep up with this Dallas offense and Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. I think that Pittsburgh is going to want to be throwing, and I like Sammy Coates uh, there on the other side of Antonio Brown. Uh, next up, we're going to hit the tight end here. Rob Gronkowski or Jimmy Graham? Yeah, I knew that was going to be a bad. I it, knew you were going to do that. Well, I, I'm I am, am going to go. Oh, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's you can't a tough lose. One. First off, if you have You're, this It's problem, a win-win. It's yeah, a win-win. exactly. You obviously drafted Jimmy Graham late in your fantasy draft, yeah. and you have like the one and two fantasy tight ends right now, yeah, so well done. You know, is the offense <laughs> going to be able to you know protect Russell and get the ball? I'm going Graham. I'll go Graham. I'm going to have to go with Gronkowski. Yeah, I Just know you are. looking at what he did in that Super Bowl, if, he, if K.J. Wright is on him, that's going to be trouble for the Seahawks. Well, I think they'll have to bracket him. I think that, you know, they'll put a guy over the top, yeah. you know, a, guy, a linebacker drop inside if they try to play zone too much uh, against him he's going to eat him up so you know if you take like i said earlier if you take gronk away they got so many other weapons and then they can run the ball it's just they're clicking on all cylinders on offense but i like Graham. i like what he's doing man yeah. those pin pinpoint accuracy throws that russell hit just goes and gets it. this guy's catching one-handed footballs i love how jimmy graham said after that game that well i had to catch with my right hand because my left hand wasn't available he yeah, was exactly held right. on both, both of the of one-handed them. catches and i will tell you this that graham's more athletic than gronk mm. it's not even close all right next but gronk up, is a hell of a player next up here and who should start carlos hyde who is questionable right now so we'll include carlos hyde slash uh dewan harris or i think it's demarco murray i don't know if it's latavius murray or demarco but i assume i think latavius is on a bye with the raiders so it must be demarco murray with the titans i'm going to uh murray with the titans okay if, if hyde plays i go with carlos hyde mm-hmm. but if if it's dewan harris even though he had a great week last week i think he scored like 19 points in standard leagues i i would still go with demarco murray there as well uh, next up, Devonta Freeman with the Falcons or Devontae Booker with the Broncos? Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, Atlanta, if I wow. look here, Atlanta is facing the Philadelphia Eagles and the Denver Broncos, as I mentioned earlier, are facing the Orleans Saints. Um, let's go with Booker. I'm also on the Booker train right there. Uh, next up, we have Allen Robinson with the Jacksonville Jaguars or Devonta Adams, Devontae Adams excuse me, with the Green Bay Packers. You know, the, the Green Bay's got to blow out here sooner or later. I'm going to go uh, Adams with Green Bay. You're going to go Adams. Uh, Allen Robinson is a weird fantasy conundrum because he had a terrible <laughs> first half of the season. And, and he had he's a great... explosive now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now it looks like they're coming around. I'm going to go Allen Robinson. I would recommend that one simply because I think the upside is bigger. Uh, next up, Calvin Benjamin Panthers, Randall Cobb Packers. Uh, Benjamin Panthers. Okay, I'm also on that one. Benjamin just again, he's he's a touchdown monster. Yeah, always he's go too big, man. Always too go big. Benjamin. It's a big man. <sighs> I'm once again going to ask this. I know your answer. Tom Brady or Philip Rivers? Oh yeah, Tom Brady. You would go Tom Brady over anybody, wouldn't you? You know what? Tom Brady is uh you know, he's he is the elite quarterback. I mean, you know, there's several elite quarterbacks in this league. I think Russell's one of those guys as well, but uh 
I mean, you know, the offense fits his skill set perfectly. They get the ball out quick. They they run multiple formations and receivers going all over the place. I just like how he gives uh, his receivers a chance to win the game, win the ball. Right. I mean, he he throws at them. He throws them open. He can stick it on a receiver, throw it where the defender's not. He's just uh, he's been doing a long time, man. And the, and the funny thing is, and and I don't know if it's funny, but he's a pocket passer. You think at some point defensive coordinators would dial up something to knock him out or knock him off his mark, and the ball comes out so fast that they have a hard time getting to him. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. Tom Brady that, that was a long explanation. No, but seriously, one. I mean, if you have Tom Brady, you might as well start him. I just don't think this week. Uh, all right, next up here, Jeremy Hill uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals facing New York or Rashad Jennings of uh, the New York Giants facing Cincinnati. So two running backs against each other right there. Yeah, go Hill. I'll go Hill. I'm going Jennings because for me, this is a numbers game. And Jeremy Hill's splitting your first first team carries with the other guy they got there in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, the name is escaping me right now. Giovanni Bernard. Yep. So I'm going for the guy in New York who is the clear first team guy in Jennings. Yeah, he's first team. But you know what? You know, my man, Hill only has to make three or four big plays or two big plays. And, and then your fantasy is, is ready to go. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if they start or they're backup or they split just need time. one play. <laughs> yeah, just, it's just one or two plays that gets a uh, – a big fantasy point. So, hey, I just want to uh, thank uh, all our guests, Bob Condota, for uh, giving us a buzz. Uh, Andrew Brandt uh, for sitting in with us as well. I should call it in as well. And Bucky Brooks, my man Jackson, you're the man, man. You're keeping me on track. See here. you on Friday, Tony. You're, I'll see you on Friday. Coming up next, it's the In and Puck Show from the VMAC. I'm out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.